This is the Farmington Feed, bringing you information from the city of Farmington. Welcome back to another episode of Farmington Feed. I'm very excited today to have Chris Aiken on the podcast. She is a former Farmington business owner, former communications generalist, community volunteer, and a longtime resident of Farmington. Welcome to Farmington Feed, Chris. Thank you, Lauren. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. So you spent 14 years with community education as their communications generalist, and you recently retired. Congratulations. Thank you. How have the first couple of weeks been? Oh, it's been wild. I. Uh, it's nice waking up in the morning realizing you don't have to be any one place at any certain time. Yep. So I've been enjoying the outdoors, my garden, the birds in the morning, and then I've recently kind of said I wasn't going to get into volunteerism right away. Mm-hmm. But Dakota City needs some help. A lot of the older elderly volunteers aren't there, aren't able to be there. So I'm helping get help them get ready for the fair. Yeah. So have you always been involved in Dakota City? Pretty much because my mother was and my father and they always asked their children to help volunteer also. So we were always called cheerful volunteers. Awesome. And by the way, so were my kids. They were called cheerful volunteers, too. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you lived in Farmington? My whole life. I'm 64 and a half years old, and I was born on a farm south of Farmington, about three miles. And I had country cousins and city cousins. So when we came to town, we usually um, visited with the city cousins on Walnut Street. We'd all walk down to the local Ben Franklin and... Um, the drugstore on the corner and buy candy and shop and just soak in the downtown experience as children. That is awesome. So you married into the Aiken family, is that right? Yes. My maiden name was Shirley, which is a longtime Farmington name. My mother was a Schmidtke, which is a longtime family name. Yep. Very familiar. Yep. And then I married Dave Aiken. And the Aiken house out on Pilot Knob was an ancestor house from one of the first settlers in the Farmington area. And then um, Dave's father was mayor of Farmington for 13 years. And his grandfather was a very active, longtime county commissioner. So the Aiken name is well known in this area. Definitely. So in your 64 and a half years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of change in Farmington. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. Farmington just used to be this little quiet town, and we didn't grow much. And I think back then there was a sentiment about, do we want Farmington to grow or do we not want Farmington to grow? Mm -hmm. But it started growing, and I believe all the changes have been positive. The schools have grown, and we went through crowding and issues at the schools, but we got through it. We got through it, and then as the city grew... I remember one time driving down Ash Street or Highway 50, and they were putting in new sidewalks along there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Farmington has finally arrived. We're getting more sidewalks. (laughs) (laughs) So just the development of the city, the streets, the parks, those were so exciting. I bet it was really cool to watch all of that change over time. Yep, it was. So you were with Community Ed for 14 years. What was your career like before that? Before that... I owned a flower shop in Farmington for 20 years with my husband. I had gone to the University of Minnesota with Sika for horticulture, and I worked in Northfield and Cannon Falls for five years at different greenhouses and flower shops. And then Farmington Greenhouse and Floral decided to close their floral shop. So there was a need. There was a built-in market here in Farmington. So my husband and I took the leap 
rented a building downtown at 302 Oak Street and opened the flower shop. And we were well received. And I got to know a lot of the community through weddings, funerals, babies, you know, all the different occasions that people need to express their emotions. Mm -hmm. And then businesses back then ordered flowers for a lot of different staff type things. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, just a side note, my friend owns a floral business and it is so interesting like where she's getting these different flowers and the different arrangements that she does is very cool. Yep. I love the flowers. I love the seasons. I miss the people, but it was just time to move on in my career. So then what was your next step after that? After that, I started working at the Farmington Independent, the local newspaper, and I sold advertising. And I'd always bought advertising as a small business owner. So I I knew how to talk to a small business owner And then the newspaper, of course, was starting to go digital. So there they taught me how to sell print advertising and digital advertising. So that was really interesting. Yeah. And I learned a lot there, especially working right in my own hometown. Mm -hmm. And then one of my routes was Rosemont. So I got to know a lot of people up in Rosemont, too. Okay. Awesome. So I'm sure that knowledge from the newspaper helped you get into community ed, being their communications and their voice for the department? Yep. At community ed, I started as a part-time admin assistant. And right then and there was when the registration process was going from paper to digital online registration. And our youth programs just exploded. So I went immediately into a full-time position after not being there very long. And then I help them do digital advertising by email, targeted email marketing, making flyers, posting them around the schools, kind of all the same things that I learned to do when I had a small business. Sure. Awesome. So let's go back a little bit. Can you tell me any interesting stories about when you owned a business way back when, the interesting people you came across? Oh, gosh. So I'm a young business owner, young mother and I'm in Farmington, and owning a business is such an education, and you're right out in the public eye, and things happen every day, Mm -hmm. and one day, I noticed a customer up front, and they were there for a while, and they kept looking at a expensive, I don't know, figurine, I guess is what you call it. It was a collectible, and after this person left, I noticed it was gone, Uh Uh-oh. And in place of the item was car keys. So I thought, oh, my gosh, they took the item, but they forgot their car keys. (laughs) So I immediately called the police, like, panicky. What do I do? What do I do? Mm -hmm. And so the police officer talked to me on the phone and said, call back as soon as they come back to get their keys. And we'll come on down and talk to them. So we waited probably most of the day. And finally, this person came back in and said they had been in earlier, and they were looking for the car keys. And I said, gosh, I'm not sure they're here. And so I (laughs) spent a little time like I was looking for them while one of my coworkers called the police. So then the police officer came down and walked through the shop and didn't say anything to the shopper. And then the shopper left and... Did you give them your keys, their (laughs) keys? Yes, I finally gave gave that person their keys. And then the officer followed him out and just watched him walk down the street. The person didn't get in the car. Really? Yeah. So then the police officer came back in and explained that he figured that the person probably didn't have the item still on him and that we'd just wait and see. So they watched the car all night, and finally the car disappeared. 
like at one in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so they knew the license and then they knew who the resident was. Sure. And so they went and talked to the resident. But at that point, we couldn't prove mm -hmm. that they had it in their house. So, wow. the, but that whole thing was an education for me. The officer was really nice. He explained everything to me. I felt like he was very fair and explained, gave me good advice for the future. Mm -hmm. And then one other time, I had about six bats that kept roosting outside the front door of the shop. Uh-oh. And sometimes they'd fly out at customers and stuff. And so one time I was out there looking at them, and I had a broom in my hand. And who pulls up but a Farmington police officer? <laughs> Need some help there? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I have these bats. Well, he um, called animal control, yep. and they came and took care of them right away. Wow. So so that was great. Oh, my gosh. So, and then one time we got called at 3 in the morning, and they said there was a fire downtown, and we needed to come downtown immediately. So my husband and I jumped in the car and came downtown, and there was smoke filling three or four buildings, and then down three or four buildings was the actual fire wow. in a building. So the fireman explained to us that our building wasn't burning. Well, I'm pretty hysterical thinking, why is there smoke in there? What's going on? You know. Mm -hmm. And so they took Dave and I into the shop. They gave us a little smoke mask or gas mask or something to wear. Yep. And they took us down into the basement of our shop. And they explained that all these old buildings have a common wall with each other. And that there's usually an airspace that goes from building to building to building to building. So they explained that the building four doors down was burning, but some of the inside internal smoke was wafting through all those openings into our building. Wow. So they immediately set up fans in our shop and the other shops to get the smoke out, and they were able to put out the fire down the street aways. So that was comforting to know. Yeah. And over the years, I got to know the fire de fire guys too in the fire department with fire inspections and you know, things like that and mm -hmm. different events. And yeah, they were just great. So did you have any smoke damage from that incident? Not really. That's good. The big fans were there. Yep. And um, I think they even left them there for a couple of days. But no, we didn't really notice it in. How interesting that all those buildings are connected. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Cool. So as someone who has been familiar with Farmington for about five years, can you tell me what it's been like all of these years before and maybe a little glimpse into the history of Farmington? Sure. So as Farmington has grown, the business community has grown, struggled, you know, gone backwards, gone forwards. Different businesses make it. Some don't. Some do. And the newspapers, there used to be a Dakota County Tribune in Farmington, and that's still in business and it's a sister paper to the Farmington This Week or Sun This Week. Sun This Week newspapers, mm -hmm. yes, right. But they moved their offices out of Farmington. And then the Farmington Independent was here too, moved in after that. And for a while we had, well, actually we had two newspapers serving Farmington. So as a business community, hmm, which newspaper do I advertise in? But it felt good because there was two newspapers in a community where we had trouble getting people to shop in Farmington. Mm -hmm. um, but then eventually both newspapers left and everything turned digital. But then I've noticed through the years that businessmen are using events, they're partnering, they're using digital, um, social media. So things have changed in Farmington as far as reaching consumers and that. Definitely. As far as 
the community, we also struggled with community resources. We didn't have a pool. We didn't have a senior center, an ice arena. And people were just saying, we need those things. Mm -hmm. So there was a group that started pushing for a community pool. And there was different people that were doing different fundraisers. So I remember my cousins and I had a little carnival. And my brothers and sisters had a little carnival out in our backyard. And we raised $8.40. And I remember we brought it in and presented it to the city to go towards the community pool. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And other people were doing little fundraisers, too. Mm -hmm. So that was a real community effort to get our pool, which we eventually got. Yep. The same thing happened with the senior center. Senior centers, seniors in the community were saying, we need a place for seniors to gather. My mother, my grandmother, Lila Schmicky, was really active in that and... She was active in the county, too, with darts and different organizations. Mm -hmm. And so she started coming to the city council and lobbying with other seniors to get a senior center. Well, my father-in-law was mayor back then, and they apparently butted heads for a while talking about a senior center. Really? So my husband had made some crack like, gosh, I hope they work this out because we're getting married next year. (laughs) (laughs) But they eventually worked it out. Um, Leonor from Farmington was very instrumental in helping get the senior center going. And Mm -hmm. I think the seniors raised like $80,000 to help with the purchase or remodeling of the first location of the senior center Mm -hmm. here on 3rd and 3rd and Walnut, 3rd and Walnut. And they are celebrating their 40th anniversary this fall yep. which is so cool yep that's to get great this history and then to see them celebrating this year too yep the other the other thing that people did together was help get the ice arena um the ice arena was other another project the vet memorial so a lot of those community project community needs happened because the community came together to work on it together mm-hmm. farmington used to have a movie theater we used to have our own hospital called sanford hospital And the nursing home went through some struggles having different owners, but now they've got owners that have remodeled and invested in it. Mm -hmm. it. And, of course, the schools suffer from overcrowding, and different buildings and pods were brought in to house students. Sure. But, you know, with struggle comes progress. Definitely. Very different from what it was like back then, I'm sure. Yes. So you mentioned fundraising. Can you talk about how that is looking in Farmington today, too? Sure. So back in the day, fundraising was pancake breakfasts. There used to be some guys that got up with the big pancake griddle and they mixed up pancakes and served them. And gosh, I can't remember if it was the Lions Club or the KC's. There's been a lot of different organizations in Farmington, fraternal organizations and service organizations, the JCs, the Lions Club, the American Legion, the VFW, Masonic Lodge, and Eastern Star, Knights of Columbus, and the Eagles. And I probably missed some there. But they would host pancake breakfast, corn feeds, turkey bingo at the fire department, of course, Mm -hmm. omelet breakfasts. And if you think about it, all those fundraising things haven't changed because it's bringing people together together It's working together for a common good and raising funds for a common good. Yep. So I think one prime example of that lately has been due days. This year, there were so many volunteers pulled together to make for an amazing event this year. And recently, the two main organizers, Holly Burnett and Holly Shearer, 
were given citizenship awards by the Farmington City Council. And in addition to that, we found out that Kiss the Pig made the most money ever this year. They raised over $5,200 thanks to generous nominees. And I know there was quite a few businesses that pitched in this year too. And the Kiss the Pig winner, Pam McCarthy, she did so much work to fundraise and she really had a goal to kiss that pig, and she did. And <laughs> I heard that um, her advice for future kissers is to not uh, not put as much lip gloss on. <laughs> but how amazing everyone coming together and continuing to raise money for the Rambling River Center. And I know that I've talked about this in past podcast episodes because it just blows me away. It's It's so cool. Yeah, it's great. I was so happy to see that everything worked out this year because I was on the due dates committee for a few years and it's a thankless job. You work hard Mm -hmm. to put that together. So kudos to the two Hollies and the committee that put all that together and the businesses that supported it and the community that supported it, buying the buttons, donating to the Kiss the Pig contest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all important, and it all builds community spirit, and I'm so glad to see that happening, and I hope it can continue. I'm confident it can continue. Me too. Chris, it's been an honor having you today. I, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last few years that I've been in Farmington, and uh, I really value all of your thoughts and stuff. Do you have any last words that you want to leave us with today? Well, I'd like to compliment you and the city. Um, The Farmington Currents uh, newsletter that comes out is wonderful. Lots of information in there as a resident. And I get it out in the township, too. So I'm in Castle Rock Township. And it has a lot of information in there for all ages. Mm -hmm. And then um, I would just um, suggest to the listeners that, gosh... Read every local newspaper, in print or online. Um, Watch or attend school and city council meetings. Follow the city on social media. media. Review agendas and minutes to stay informed. Step up on a committee to serve on a committee or an organization in the area. Um, School parent councils are great places if you have children to learn more about what's going on. Just shopping local, getting to know the merchants your neighbors and community helpers and leaders. Everybody's here, I think, pulling for the Farmington area. And you get to know more people when you reach out and look and investigate what's going on in our community. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for joining me today and talking about your Farmington experience. And I hope that everything goes well with Dakota City at the fair coming up. And yeah. And thank you, Lauren. I um, was sitting here thinking, gosh, this is something new for an old lady, this podcast and how this all works. So thank you for letting me have another experience in my hometown of Farmington. I am going to wrap up this episode by talking about a few items that you can find in the Farmington Currents newsletter, which will be in homes within the next week or so. On the cover of the Farmington Currents is a photo from 1941 of downtown Farmington. It is so cool to look at and kind of compare to what it looks like now. I have no idea how people got that high up in the sky in 1941. I'm assuming maybe a helicopter or something of that sort, but it's a pretty cool comparison. 
So our water efficiency rebate grants are back. If you have a toilet, dishwashing machine, clothes washing machine, irrigation controller, or a sprinkler head that you need to replace, you can get reimbursed some of that money through our grant program. So check out our website for that information. Right now, I'm super excited to be in the planning stages of the mattress box spring drop-off and document shred event. That's going to be on Saturday, October 15th. So if you have a mattress that you need to get rid of, hold on to it for just a little bit longer because they're going to be $25 a piece. And if you've looked around, I mean, mattresses and box springs are so expensive to get rid of these days. So $25 is a really good deal. And then you can also shred your confidential documents too for free. Another cool thing coming up is Favor Farmington Bingo Contest. This is the first time the community development department has put on a contest like this. Basically, what we did is we compiled a bingo card of all of the restaurants and drink places in Farmington. So you're going to try to visit them in a order of a bingo. And you have to see the sheet for yourself to kind of understand what I'm talking about. But it's going to be a really fun contest. You have to submit your bingo card by September 9th. And then once the contest is over, we're going to draw one winner to receive a $50 gift card to a Farmington food or drink business of their choice. The only thing you have to do is visit these restaurants, take a picture of you there and show us, you know, your food item or you in the restaurant or you in the restaurant next to their sign, something that just proves that you were there and you were enjoying that business that day. And then the winner of the contest, the only the winner is going to be asked to share those photos. So we're going to use them in our marketing for this contest, you know, after the fact, and then probably again next year. Look for that in the Farmington Currents. And we also have it on our website too. The primary election is coming up on August 9th. If you would like to vote in the primary election, just go to your polling location from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you can find your polling location by visiting our website or going to mnvotes.org. And then just to top off the rest of the events coming up, we have Story Trails with the Farmington Library on August 15th at 9 a.m. Music in the Park is coming up on August 31st at 7 p.m. And then the Who Done It hike is coming up on September 10th, which is a hike that we are in partnership with Lakeville on. And I've heard that it's really fun. It's a little mystery. You can bring your dog. It's a dog-friendly event. So check that out in the currents or on our website again. Thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode. Shout out to the newspaper, Dakota County Tribune, for writing about the podcast and spreading the word once again. Um, It was a great article on the podcast and I recommend everyone go check it out. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.